Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein. I'm delighted to have Lynn Kampf, Vice President and General Manager of the Visual Cloud Division with Intel's Network Platform Group with us in the studio. Welcome back, Lynn, and congratulations on the new role. Thank you, Allison. I'm thrilled to be back on a really fun topic. So Visual Cloud, as you know, is one of my favorite topics to talk about. It's just got so many interesting use cases. But why don't you just start with a definition of what we view as Visual Cloud and how this represents a number of workloads across the data center domain. Visual Cloud is almost exactly like what would you expect. It is the processing of visual workloads in cloud infrastructure, taking advantage of the economies of scale and the reach and the breadth that cloud architecture currently has. So a couple great examples of this that I like to give people is Netflix. Netflix has so many different hundreds and thousands of profiles that they have to create for one content piece to be viewable by any kind of end user in any region. So whether you're talking a phone or a PC or an iPad, and then different regions end up with different processing preferences. So some of the regions like better blues or reds So one content format has hundreds or thousands of different configurations, and a lot of that processing is most efficient in cloud architectures. Another great example is what we call user-generated content. So a lot of the YouTube channels, there are people that have careers based on a YouTube channel in all sorts of creative areas, and that is called user-generated content. So the people are doing their content capture, and then they're rendering, and then they're encoding it and uploading it into the cloud for distribution. So those are just a couple examples of what we mean when we say visual cloud. Now, this type of content represents a tremendous amount of the content passing through networks across the world on every given day, and that is growing. How do we look at this market and who are the key players associated with it? It's an interesting question because the market is in transition and has been transitioning for a while. Traditionally, you would have thought of these kinds of workloads being delivered by broadcasters. And so you've got the video on demand, the professional quality, the Netflix and the Hulu that I mentioned, but there's also the professional broadcasters. So those who are having subscribers and they're delivering content channels to them. They're in some cases doing live broadcasts like sports broadcasting. And those markets are a little bit more what we would think of as of your typical visual cloud. Where things are moving is what they call over the top in these premium broadcasts where people are able to watch surf streams or surfing competitions. Uh, Facebook is just adding that recently. And so where you would have seen it 10 years ago, it's now transitioning out of what would be more of a legacy infrastructure where you're a little bit more like telecommunications, frankly, with physical delivery as being a huge constraint and moving to things that are called over-the-top that are leveraging cloud architectures more. And that latter category is where a lion's proportion of growth is happening 
In fact, the Cisco BNI index from 2017 was talking about how 78% of all traffic on mobile networks is going to be video. And so that's one of the forcing functions that's resulting in the ITU writing in ultra-high-definition broadband into the 5G definition. Incredible transformation in terms of how the players are engaging in the market, the underlying infrastructure that they're choosing to deliver, and then the users actually creating their own media and uploading it into the cloud for broad proliferation. What does that mean for the underlying infrastructure and how we look at the platforms within cloud data centers, within the networks, and at the edge for delivery of these rich media experiences? Well, one of the main things that I think is happening is this move to the edge. Every cloud customer has started talking about how they anticipate this move to the edge of the network where they're not having to deal with as much data movement back and forth. Because again, if you think about the size of these video files, they're moving back and forth. It takes a really long time to move that data around. So CDNs, the content caching, the points of presence that the cloud service providers are putting in, as well as the upgrade for central offices that a lot of the comms service providers are deploying. They're all looking at these as opportunities to lower the latency, improve the user experience, and then have the content more readily available so you don't have as much buffering, you don't have a delay. Even with what broadcasters call live broadcast, there's really a two to three second delay where they can pre-process. So you're not going to see the buffering while you're watching the video stream, but you will still potentially experience buffering if you're listening live on the radio versus watching broadcast on the television or one of the other channels. So there's a lot of this, how do we get things more easily distributed, closer to the user, something that they can go better on peer-to-peer, leverage things and presence and locations that mean there's less of the video moving back and forth across the backhaul and something that's a better user experience because it's faster to access. Now, as you look at this, you know, I think a lot of folks think, oh, it just is all about workload acceleration, either at the end device or in the cloud. But there is a really interesting interplay between hardware and software here. And how do you view that as we move forward with our platform strategy for Visual Cloud? That's a really interesting question because if you look at the broadcast market in particular, there had been a lot of emphasis on purpose-built hardware. And very similar to the network transition and the transformation there, they're moving out of fixed function into things that are more flexible because media in particular has three knobs. One of the knobs is video quality. So do you want really, really amazing 4K video or are you willing to accept something that's filmed on an old phone camera? So there's one knob. And that tends to lean more towards single-thread performance, high compute. These are tough algorithms to be mapping. The next knob is how frequently do you have to do the media transcoding, the decode and the encoding, when you only have to do it once, when you're just encoding one movie to distribute. It's a lot easier to do that on a more general architecture. You can batch it offline. It doesn't matter when it happens. But when you're doing live broadcast, it happens all the time continuously. And so you may lean more towards something that is more purpose-built, 
or lower power for the f- more frequent operations. But if you're not having to do that continuously, it's cheaper for you to just do it offline. And then the third knob is really how many of these media streams can you get per platform and then factoring in price and factoring in power and then also placement. Central offices don't have the ability to put a 500-watt card in them. So there's this knob of balancing things out. And so you'll find that where the different cloud companies delivering video or optimizing for will vary based on their business model. If their business model is delivering content, whether that is Infinity or whether that's a Hulu, you're going to find them having a different optimization point than somebody that makes all their money off of advertising. Because in that case, it's just good enough to get you to click through because they're not necessarily getting subscribers to the video, they are actually getting paid for the video hooking you into buying something. So you'll find that it's a pretty dynamic environment. There's not a one-size-fits-all. A lot of it comes down to matching the service provider's business model to the different platform options. How savvy is this space in terms of integrating new types of capabilities like analytics or artificial intelligence? within the delivery of video or the consumption of video, and how important is that as you look at the infrastructure? It is growing and growing. One of the comments that was made to me recently by a service provider is when you look at just the volume of video that's being produced and created, there's an estimate of about 200 million hours, viewable hours of just user-generated content. When you are trying to understand what is happening in a file, a video file, or in a video stream, it becomes unmanageable for humans to catalog, to tag. There's a great article that Netflix published recently about their use of different AI techniques, and they're using analytics to just find a better image that markets the content and represents what's most interesting about a piece of content to the user because it's becoming overwhelming for people to have to try and watch frame by frame and decide this is the best image to match the tone and the piece and the target audience. Because of that volume that we mentioned with the Cisco Video Network Index, there's this level at which it's becoming unmanageable and they're looking for those automation areas and inference and analytics are becoming more and more tightly coupled with the deployment of video and media. How can folks who are engaging in this space best engage with Intel, learn about our portfolio, and engage as developers with the right tools? So there's a great landing page on intel.com that is focused on visual cloud. So if you just go to intel.com and do the search on that page for visual cloud, it will take you into a, a page that is an entry point to getting access to things like our media server studio tools or software that's being open sourced or things along those lines related to the libraries. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the program today. This is an exciting area. We'd love to have you come back soon to tell us about what you and the team are doing with the rest of the industry in this space. Excellent. Thank you, Allison. I appreciate the opportunity. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash big data, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization. 